Well, a warm welcome and good morning from me uh, this morning. And I'm excited to open up the Word of God with you today, as I believe every time we do it and open it up, the Word of God opens up our lives and becomes a mirror. And this morning we're going to continue with week two of our Gospel Fluency series. And our goal for this series is simply that each one of us will be better equipped in how to share the gospel with those in the world around us. If there is ever a time or was ever a time for the Church of God to be fluent in this message, it is for such a time as this. And this morning I'm going to pick up in Ephesians chapter 2 where Dave left us last week. So if you've got your Bibles ready, why don't you turn on over to Ephesians chapter 2 as we're going to be reading the text from there this morning. But before we do, I want to take a moment to just put ahead of us or in front of us uh, just a summary of what the gospel is. Up on our screens, let's, let's read this together. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news that God became man in Jesus Christ. He lived the life we should have lived. He died the death we should have died in our place. And three days later, He rose from the dead, proving He was the Son of God and offering the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins to everyone who repents and believes in Him. That is in essence a summary of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you to take time to memorize that, to take time to, to think through all the aspects in there and really get it inside of you that when you have opportunity to, to share it with the world and let this good news run. Maybe as a family you can challenge one another over this week to see who can memorize that summary of the gospel first and, and have a challenge to see who can do that. So why don't we as a church make sure that we get the clarity of the gospel message into our minds and into our hearts over this time. So this morning, um, I'm simply titling my message, The Power of the Gospel. That this good news message is backed with immense power. That this good news message is the power of God. And the moment you think about this and the idea of power is shared to me, it brings some questions to mind. Sometimes I, I doubt in my humanity and sometimes we doubt, is the gospel message really that powerful? Secondly, we might ask, why is the gospel message that powerful? What does powerful even mean? And if it is powerful, why are we neglecting to share it? So I hope this morning as we open up the word that we will be able to answer some of those questions that comes to mind when we say that the gospel is filled with power. You see, in the Old Testament story, from the beginning, after the fall of man, the whole story points to the power of the gospel. And then since Jesus' life and His death and resurrection on the cross, everything since then has been a result of the gospel. So throughout the story, in, in the book of God, in His word, the gospel is central and it is the good news. And it's filled with power. Even this morning, as you are sitting and, and tuning into our service, or maybe watching this at a later stage, this is a result of the gospel. The fact that the gospel was shared has caused us to gather as the church today, even though it's online, and to tap into that power. So let's open up the Word of God together this morning and, and let's look at where we can see the power of God in this message. I want to quickly return your attention to the beautiful scripture in Romans 1 verse 16, 
where the Apostle Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And I believe this morning that the Spirit of God wants to reveal to us in our hearts whether we have maybe been ashamed to be fluent in this message, where we have maybe been holding back, and that we too, by the end of this message this morning, and by the power of His Spirit, and, and the admonishing of the Word, can say that we are not ashamed, and we believe that the Gospel is the power of God for salvation to anyone believe. It's backed with limitless power. This good message has never stopped spreading across the world and there's nothing that can stop it and imagine what our families and our communities and our nation and the world would look like if we pick up again this morning a wholehearted boldness to share the gospel unashamedly so let's read together in ephesians and i'm gonna start us off in verse one and we're gonna read up until verse verse 10 and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised up with Him, and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray that you would show us this morning the power of the gospel once again. Thank you for these perfectly crafted and meticulous words this morning to show us that the gospel is a free gift but then what the gospel does inside of each one of us and how it propels us to live a life that shares this message i pray holy spirit that you would anoint the preaching of the word this morning and that that anointing will break any yoke of burden over our lives and especially break the yoke of burden where we have been ashamed to share the gospel message of jesus with the world. Trust you for that this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This powerful written passage puts on display this idea of two powers opposing one another. On the one side, you have the limited power of the world and its rule and the prince of the air. And then on the other side, here in Ephesians 2, we see the limitless power of God and His love and His life, and His purposes for us. I love how there's this, these two words in the middle of this passage that just changes the tone. It first speaks about all the powers that be in this world, but then it says, but God. And some part of me wants to say, we can simply put the gospel message into those two words, but God. 
God stepped into the scene and He limited even more the already limited power in this world with His limitless power and His boundless love. And that's the message and the essence and the heartbeat of the gospel. That the boundless, unmatched power of God stepped into our world through Jesus Christ to overcome the bounded, limited power of death and destruction. And Paul does a stunning job here to compare these two worlds. And we see that right at the beginning, he brings to mind three powers at work. He says there's the power of death in trespass and sin. Then there's the power of the prince of this world. And lastly, there's the power of our own misplaced desires. But here's the message this morning. But God, the gospel is God's power over death and sin. The gospel is God's power over the prince of this world. And the gospel is God's power over our misplaced desires. On the 25th September 1997, at exactly 10.34.19 p.m., Space Shuttle Atlantis lifted off from Launch Pad 39A at the Kennedy Space Center in Florida, USA. It was called Mission STS-86, and this mission has just lifted off. And two days earlier, on the 23rd of September, 1997, a 14-year-old boy saw the Atlantis Space Shuttle ready on Launch Pad 39A for liftoff. And that 14-year-old boy was me. See, as a family, back in 1997, we went on a family tour in, in the United States of America. And one of our big moments was to visit the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. And even thinking back on that trip this past week and preparing this message, I really think that that was my highlight in the entire trip. We were on a bus tour going through the Kennedy Space Center and we were observing the Atlantis space shuttle ready for its mission in two days to come. And at some point we were driving past the assembly, assembly warehouse where they would build these space shuttles. And, and the tour guide just gave us a little bit of scale and he said, if you look up to, to this building, and right in the corner on the far, far right corner, very small was, was a painting of the American flag. And he said, one of those stripes in the painting is the breadth of this bus. And I remember sitting there as a young boy and imagining how big that painting must be and then comparing it to this building and thinking how big this building is. In fact, they told us on that day that the building is so big that it, it, it actually has its own climate on, on the inside. And then my, my mind started running towards the Atlantis Space Shuttle. And that this massive thing, it was built in such a massive building, would actually have the power to be lifted off from the ground and exit our atmosphere and go into space. And I was doing some reading this week on what the estimate weight would have been for this Atlantis Space Shuttle on this mission. And would you believe that the space shuttle by itself weighs 69 tons? But that's nothing. Because the moment that you put on all, all the cylinders with the rocket fuel, this thing increases dramatically. The rocket fuel alone, which was 3.1 million liters of fuel to get the space shuttle into the orbit, weighed 729 tons. So just the rocket fuel and the rocket ship together, almost 800 tons. And I thought about this 
and how impossible it seems that 800 tons of solid weight could defy gravity. I remember as a young boy how I was mesmerized at these two opposing forces of power. This idea of being grounded because of gravity and weight, but then the power inside of this shuttle to be lifting off and, and entering the orbit of, of space out there, limitless and boundless. 800 tons of gravity pull versus 3.1 million liters of rocket fuel going to have a big massive blast off on the 25th of September. And needless to say, any 14-year-old boy who saw that space shuttle and imagined what was going to happen was dreaming to see that war take place of these two opposing forces. But on the 23rd of September, we left and we drove another 100 kilometers west away from the JF Kennedy Space Center to the lesser thrills of Disney's Magic Kingdom. And how disappointing that this young boy could not see the war of these two powers and see the battle. And this made me think of a far more superior battle that took place, which we just read about. And that's the power of the gospel defying the power of the world that we live in. See, Paul speaks about it here. He says, there are the desires that we have that's weighing us down. There's the, the prince of the power of the air and then there's the power of death and sin and all of this like gravity is pulling us down. But there's a far more superior power at work in the gospel of Jesus that is ready to launch us and lift us up and defy gravity. And the gospel is liberty from this world's gravity. That's the message of the gospel to each one of us. That we no longer need to live under the power and the drag and the pull of this world. But the gospel liberates us and sets us free from that gravity and that weight. So that we can become weightless in Christ Jesus and enter into everything that he has for us. And this morning, I want to take our focus off the three powers that we already discovered this morning. And I want to put it on the greater power the more superior power of the gospel and discover with you this morning that Paul describes to us four things, four powers at work, four perfect conditions that helps us lift off into everything that he has for us. Just quickly going to mention them and then we'll go through all four of them. But first of all, it's the power of God's love. Secondly, it's the power of the life we have in Christ. Thirdly, it is the power of our position. And lastly, it is the power of our perfect purpose and design. So first of all, the power of his love. Paul wrote, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. Paul made sure that the very first power he puts in play after speaking about the power of this world is the power of God's love, which is the forming foundation the bedrock, the essence of the story, the central point of the gospel is that God is loving. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The father's love is written all over the story of the gospel. And it reminds me again of Paul's words in Romans chapter 8 where he says, And I'm persuaded that nothing can separate us from God's love. 
neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below, no pull of gravity, no weight. Indeed, nothing at all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of our God that is revealed in Jesus Christ. What a message to us this morning that the power of the gospel is seen in this rich love which the Father is and which He bestows upon us. And He says, my children and the peoples of the world, if you would let me, I can pull you right out of the weight. I can pull you right out of the power and the strength and even the weakness that you've been living under and set you free in my love. And that is the essence of the gospel. Can we, like Paul, be persuaded? What a strong word. Can we be utterly convinced, deeply, deeply persuaded that not the kingdom of this world, not the pandemic that we find ourselves in, not the pain and trials around us, nothing has a greater pull of gravity opposing the love that God has from the Father's heart to each one of us. It is boundless. And oh, how rich it is, Ephesians 2 says, in His rich mercy. How rich it is. And the invitation just comes to mind. Whoever is thirsty, whoever wants to drink from that richness, just come. The living water of God's love is available to each one of us. So the first thing we've noticed, and the power of the gospel is found in this, it's in the love that God has for each one of us. Secondly, Paul moves on and he speaks about the power of new life. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. You see, once we build upon this love that He has for us, which this gospel message has just brought to us, then inside of it and backing it is not just the love of the Father, but resurrection life. I love this, 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 this verse. It says, even whilst we were still dead, while we could do nothing, while we were physically dead, unable and incapable to do anything, Christ came and the gospel came and God came with resurrection life to raise us up in Him with the life that was in Christ Jesus. It speaks so clearly that He doesn't expect us to try and resurrect ourselves, that He doesn't expect us to try and come up with the goods. And you see, when we give up trying ourselves to be resurrected and really live in the fullness of life and we allow Him to step in, then the power of Christ's life is really awakened in us. I want you to think about the human condition. It seems that, especially in these days, but for generations past, that there's so much trying, so much effort, so much self-actualization and, and, and self-control that we want to affect, but, but the gospel says that you are dead. And if you allow the life of Christ to come to you, you will be resurrected in a power that is unstoppable. And what I love about the gospel power that we see that makes us alive in Christ is not just that once-off moment of salvation, of becoming alive in Him, where the old is gone and the new has come. No, that, that power of living in Christ is available to each one of us for every day of our lives. Just a couple of weeks ago, and I'll be sharing a little bit more vulnerably from my own life, especially uh, two weeks back when I had to record 
the two messages for our sermons over over the Passover weekend. On that specific morning, I had to do this. I really had a bad day. I woke up not feeling well. I I had to do these two messages, and then I had to be on on a, on a phone call to a church in America. And later on that day, I had to help facilitate a family through some grief with an online memorial service. And I remember waking up on that specific day and just feeling dead on the inside, not able or capable to do what I need to do, and just crying out to God. I took my phone and I sent a message to a dear friend and I said, can you just pray for me? And I remember so clearly I was standing at this spot and, and we were setting up to, to record this, this Easter Friday, a Good Friday message. And all of a sudden I felt how the life of Jesus started just welling up inside of me and it empowered me to preach those two messages, to get onto that call that I needed to write after that and to lead through that memorial service. And I was so reminded that the power of the gospel is not just for that moment of salvation, but it is available for everyday life. When last did you tap into that living power that Christ has for us? You see, when we live there, then becoming fluent in sharing the power of the gospel simply just runs through us. If we understand the love of the Father and we understand that it is His life inside of us, then that'll invigorate us to share this message of the power of the gospel. Furthermore, Paul gives us two more things that we find in the gospel, two more powers at work. The third one that we see here is the power of heavenly places. Oh man, I love this. And seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The gospel places us not only as recipients of the love of God and resurrected in the life of Christ, but now it places us in a completely new position. You see, when we get this right, our new position and where we are placed, we will become completely unashamed and fluent and fully fluent in the message of the love of the gospel that God has poured into our lives. I want you to think about this for a moment. The scripture says you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. I think 90% of you are going to watch this message being seated. So just look around for a moment at your surrounding areas. You might be in your living room. You might be at your desk. You might be in the car. I don't know where you are at the moment, but you're probably in a seated position. But you see, we, we are so limited in our daily thinking and our daily life that we forget that once the gospel power comes to us, then we are seated in a whole new space. That we are seated with Christ in the heavenlies. And if that is the truth, why are we afraid to share? Why are we timid instead of bold when it comes to this message? When we understand where we are positioned, it will feel in us a fire to boldly share and become fluent in this message of His love for the world. You see, if this is the case, seated with Him, it's like a young child hiding behind the leg of a big father in front of them. It is like the Bible says how we are under the wings of the Almighty. See, if this is the case, why would we not want more people to hear this message? 
Why are we still bound in our thinking to the limitations of this world and don't understand that we are limitless and boundless in our position seated in Him? So let us reign with Christ because that is what seated with Him means. Think about the people that you engaged with over the past month. Are they reigning in Christ? Think about your own life. You see, if we get that we are seated in a position in Him, our lives will be one of reigning. Our lives will be one of authority. That's why Jesus said to His disciples, All authority is given me, now you therefore go. And the power of the gospel cannot be limited only to the love of the Father and the life of Christ. We have to open it up to the understanding of our position. Then we will become bold. Then we will become unashamed. Then we will become fluent. Then this message of love and this message of, of life from the position that we live in will run through our lives and we'll see the power of God at work in the world around us. And then lastly, the, four, the fourth point here this morning is the power of purposeful workmanship. Let's look at that again. The power of purposeful workmanship. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Man, I love this verse. This is one of my ultimate favorite verses in the Bible. And if there's one thing that I want you to get this morning is that you were made in the power of the gospel to share with power the gospel. You were perfectly crafted and put together with all the right perfect conditions and all the perfect purposes of God placed in you to become a fluent sharer of the gospel to the world around us. He's saying here in Ephesians 2 within, I have placed my perfect power inside of you to be fluent in this message. It takes me back to the Atlantis space shuttle. And I want you to think for a moment about the astronauts. How that team who needed to be on this mission was sitting back in their seats in the cabin of a space shuttle, throttled up by 3.1 million liters of rocket fuel, trying to defy gravity. And before there's been many failed attempts, and they are simply just trusting years of science, and, and even people giving up their lives for the sake of space exploration. They're sitting there and they say, and I can imagine them thinking for a moment, will we defeat the odds today? Will this be possible? And how they fall back and they trust that the workmanship of scientists and the workmanship of engineers and the workmanship of training is perfectly put together and purposed for this moment. Before then, there's been many failings and even after them, there has been some failings. And they were possibly sitting there sacrificing their lives for this mission. You see, when we get this, that we have in us the perfect designed plan from the one who gave humans the ability to figure out space travel, space travel. If we get that 
the one who has given humans the mind to think about technology, to get a message to you this morning, that one, the creator of everything, who blew his, his life into our lungs, he has put you perfectly together, the one who knows your DNA and all the DNA of billions of people, the one who's put the galaxies into place and the sun in the right distance from the stars, he is saying to you this morning, my child, you are my perfect craft and I have set up the perfect conditions. You are purposed in the workmanship I've placed in you to carry this message of the gospel to the world. If we get this this morning, then the same gospel that saves us become a power inside of us that we will fluently share in the, in the world around us. Around 10 p.m. on the 25th of September 1997, I was sitting 100 kilometers away from the Atlantis space shuttle. And I remember as a family, we tuned into the TV, wanting to see how this space shuttle goes into, into the orbit. And I remember the tension and how quiet we all were in the room. And the, the video that was shown on the TV was of the control center. And there's that famous moment that happens. T minus 10, 9. Eight. And I was sitting there just looking at this and anticipating what it must have been like and feel like to be there. And it keeps counting. Three, two, one. And next moment, lift off. And then the sense of expectation, the sense of awe just, just grabbed hold of me in that moment. And, but I, was, I wasn't satisfied. I wanted to see this rocket. I wanted to see with my own eyes how this power has the power to defy gravity and exit our, our atmosphere into space. And I remember I jumped up and I ran outside. I'm like, let me see this rocket, please. Let me see this rocket. And for a few seconds, I was outside looking around and spinning around just with anticipation. And the next moment, my eyes saw it. This massive, big flame just stretching into the heavens, going up, 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 up until it disappeared out of our atmosphere. And it made me think that today, as this message is shared, we possibly have two kinds of people. Those who are perfectly crafted with the perfect conditions, backed with the fuel of the Father's rich love, resurrected in Christ Jesus, seated in all His authority and power, but they're still stuck on launch pad 39A. Too scared to hit launch. And then we have those perfectly crafted in all the perfect conditions, backed with the feel of the Father's love and the resurrection in Christ and the seated in authority place that we have. And they've said, yes, Lord, I don't want to be limited to this world and its power. I want you to hit launch and lift me off launch pad 39A so that I can stretch into everything that you have for me. And this is the message and the power of the gospel that the gospel launches us into heaven's orbit, circling around his love, his life and his purposes. This morning, each one of us has to answer that question. And that question is threefold. Have we been lifted off from the power of the world around us? The prince of the air and our own desires. And if we have, wonderful. But secondly, are we still scared 
and limited and waiting on a launch pad to hit that launch button and fall back and trust that he knows what he's doing so that he can lift us off into the fullness of the power. And if that is so, then thirdly, it moves us to the big question. Can we then become the church of God and the people of God who with excitement and power and all of this power backing us, orbit around him and orbit around his purposes and share his life and his purposes and his love to the world? Because if we can say yes to that, we will be a gospel fluent people. Let's pray together this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you for my friends. I thank you that you have showed to us again how profoundly powerful your gospel message is. That it sets us free and it launches us into a perfect plan where our life circulates around the perfect Father who has given us perfect life, who has seated us in a perfect position. I pray, Lord, this morning for anyone who has not been liberated from the power of this world yet, not saying yes to, to the gospel message of Jesus yet, may you this morning become so real to them that they can simply cry out and say, Yes, Jesus, come and awaken in me the power of this message. Lord, I want to pray secondly for any of my friends out there who understand that the power of the gospel is, is inside of them, Lord, but they are just too scared to say, God, let me be lifted off and launched into the purpose of walking in every good work that you have prepared for me beforehand. The conditions are perfect. My design is perfect, Lord, so let me be unleashed to take your kingdom to the world. Lord, and for all of us, I pray that we would become fluent in this message of power, that this wouldn't just be a message of words, but one of power that is backed by the power that we discovered this morning, and that each one of us will live our lives in such a way that people will stand in awe, just like I stood in awe that day as a young boy looking at this rocket, that people will stand in this life looking at our lives and just see the splendor of your light on display in this world. And I trust you for that this morning. I pray, Lord, as we continue through this series, as you continue to teach us and train us, that we, as every nation sounds and west, can boldly say that we are fluent in this message of love and this message of power. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <music>